You know, how do we not get affected by other people's sorrow? Well, we should get affected by other people's sorrow. This is what I was saying in the question about us all being one. We absolutely should be affected by other people's sorrow. People's sorrow is a catalyst for us to act. If I'm only impacted by my own sorrow, then my experience of self is very limited. If I'm not affected by your sorrow, it means I don't realize that you and I are one. If I'm not affected by your pain, that means you're separate from me. So I have to be affected by it. But here's where the answer comes in. Along with other people's sorrow, there's also joy. And when we open ourselves up to the world, we tend to open ourselves up to the sorrow much more than the joy. And this is where it becomes very overwhelming. The troubles of the world weigh on us, whether it's just our loved ones or whether it's our extended loved ones. We turn on the news, we turn on the TV, we get internet news, we see things online. The sorrows of the world weigh very, very heavily. And they should. But the joys of the world should impact us just as much. And the dilemma with how so many of us are impacted is that we're impacted only by the sorrows. And so there's a war where devastated. But there's a truce. There's a treaty. There's an end of a war somewhere. We're not nearly as impacted by that. There's a death. We're deeply impacted. There's a birth. We're not necessarily as impacted. And in order for us to really be able to stay open to the world and grounded and anchored and honest and true. We have to be just as open to the joy and the beauty. Because the truth is, yeah, there's a lot of sorrow, but there's also a lot of joy. And there's a lot of pain and a lot of happiness and a lot of conflict and a lot of love and a lot of wars, and a lot of peace, and a lot of violence, and a lot of people working to end violence, and a lot of poverty, and a lot of people working to end poverty. And so we need to stay open to all of it. And when we do that, then we find that we're able to be open but without being weighed down as though it's only sorrow. And so, and if it's a loved one, be open to it. Be there with them. But also help them understand through your own understanding that the sorrow is only a piece. It's only a piece of their life. 
Maybe someone is going through the death of a loved one. Maybe someone's going through a divorce. Maybe someone's going through a bad time and other reasons. And so they're in sorrow. But that's a piece of their life. There's also a lot of joy in their life. There's also a lot of other people experiencing joy. And just as it's important to be open to this one in their pain, so it is important to be open to the others in their joy. And so allow yourself, as you are open to and connected to the one in their pain, to be open to and to connect it to the others in their joy and in their celebration. And when you allow that to happen, then yeah, there's death. And there's loss. And there's birth. And there's joy. And the answer is not to cut ourselves off from either, but to allow ourselves to be so open to both and to all the manifestations of them both. Because who we are is consciousness. And consciousness pervades all of that. And so if we start picking and choosing, we'll all be one with those who are going through joy, but not one with those going through pain. I'll be there for those who are in a good state, but not those in a bad state, because it just is too difficult for me. Well, then you're cutting yourself off, not just from loved ones, but from a very real part of life. But simultaneously, you don't want to drown in it because it's not the only part of life. And so when you find that that's overpowering you, open yourself up to life. Open yourself up to joy. Spend an hour in a park, watching kids on the swings and the slide, spend an hour in a rose garden, watch the sunrise, get up and watch the sunrise a few mornings in a row. Just do things that connect you back to the beauty of life. And it'll give, you, it'll give you the balance to be able to go there and to be there with the one who's in sorrow. And it'll also bring some light to them. Because what they need also is to know that this sorrow, as real as it is, as painful as it is, is also not the sum total of who they are. There was, there was a life pre-sorrow. There will be a life post-sorrow. There was a life in the midst of sorrow. That about which they are in pain is not the sum total of their entire lives. But when we are in a state of sorrow, it feels like that. It feels like this is my entire life. Everything feels miserable. And that's why it's so important to remind ourselves that there still is joy. Not to be in denial or suppression or repression of the pain, but to be in awareness of the fullness of experience. 
Because in the midst of pain, there is still joy. In the midst of night, there is still day. Now, it may not be day right where I am. It may be day the other end of the earth. But that day exists. In this moment, in the midst of night, there is day. I'm not able to access it right now. Because where I'm standing is at a place where it is night. But the day exists. And the question for me becomes how to access it. And whether it's about getting on a literal or metaphoric plane to where it's day, whether it's about waiting a few hours for the sun to rise, whether it's about getting on a Skype call with someone where it's daytime and saying, do me a favor and just turn that phone to your window for a moment so I can see the rays of the sun. To remind us that light is there, even when we are in the midst of darkness. It is always there. And if you can find that for you, you're going to help bring that to that person as well. 